It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Kev's here. And, oh, Trump. He appears to be upset that the Republican Party did not get his permission before scheduling debates. And this kind of seems like the most Trump story ever, where, look, every time there is a presidential um, nominating cycle in which there is no incumbent running for re-election on your party side, the party in question holds debates. I mean, you go back to, let's take 2008, for example. Uh, it was Obama and it was Clinton and then on, you know, John Edwards. And on the Republican side, it was 10,000 people, Giuliani and Fred Thompson and McCain go forward to, to 2012. Obviously, Obama was president, so they didn't have debates on the Democrat side. But you, again, you know, you had you had Romney and Ron Paul and a host of other people who were a part of those debates. And then uh, 2016 open presidential seat. So you had the all the Republicans with Trump and Rand Paul and, and, and Ted Cruz. And then you had Hillary and Bernie. I mean, this is the, it's the way it works, right? If you don't have an incumbent president running, you have robust debates so people can see these candidates and get to know them better where they stand on the issues. And the fact that Trump is very upset that he was not consulted before the Republican Party decided to go forward with debates, that comes off with a great sense of entitlement. And whether you're Trump's biggest supporter or biggest foe or somewhere in between, I think we all have a vested interest in believing that our politicians should have to earn the position that they have. Because when we talk about earning the position that they have, we're talking about being accountable to us. That's what the presidential uh, elections are about. They're job interviews. You're, you're, a, you're applying for a job in front of 330 million people. And no one should ever feel that they are entitled to anything. But it is a pattern of behavior that we have seen before with Trump. And I think it's a big reason he's been so aggressive at Ron DeSantis. Trump believes he's entitled to this nomination. Trump believes he's entitled to this position. And anybody who's going to make him work for it is a mortal enemy. We should want our politicians to want to tell us why they're the best person for the job. We should want the people who want to be in public office to want to stand up on a stage with nowhere to run and nowhere to hide and someone good asking them questions and holding them accountable on what they plan to do to, in this case, make America a better place for us to live. And the fact that Trump is acting offended that he wasn't consulted in some like fait accompli before they picked the debates, that just oozes of entitlement. So the according to The Hill, the first Republican debate is going to take place in Milwaukee in August. And then the second debate will be held at the Reagan Presidential Library in California, though that date has not been said yet. And here was Trump's, I mean, that seems pretty straightforward, right? Trump, you're in, you're running. First debate's in August. Trump announced, when, well, that was months ago he announced. So you had quite a while to get ready to prepare. And we start nominating in January. Seems pretty reasonable to me. But here's Trump's response to that. And I 
see that everybody is talking about the Republican debates. But nobody got my approval or the approval of the Trump campaign before announcing them. When you're leading by seemingly insurmountable numbers and you have hostile networks with angry Trump and MAGA-hating anchors asking the questions, why subject yourself to being libeled and abused? Also, the second debate is being held at the Reagan Library, the chairman of which is, amazingly, Fred Ryan, publisher of the Washington Post. No! End truth. It is very bizarre to me that the person who wants to be the Republican nominee for president would have a problem appearing at the Reagan Presidential Library, but also the idea that he believes he is entitled to be consulted by the Republican Party before they pick how they're going to host their debates when you are just one person who would be involved in the debates. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. If you don't want to stand up there and answer the questions and be held accountable to the American people, then don't do it and and you'll either be punished or you won't. But you're not, you're not the Mr. Big of the Republican Party. The Republican Party has the right to host their debates however they want. You are just one person in the Republican Party running for president. There is many others. There will be more. And you can do it or not, and there will be ramifications or you won't. But this sense of you must get my permission in order to even have debates, that's not how this works, buddy. And that should really upset anyone, even if you are Trump's biggest fan, that he thinks he has this absolute power over how a party nominates its candidate and that he shouldn't have to play by the same rules that everybody else does. Uh, Speaking of this, the, the, the debates, Steve Bannon, we played some audio from him earlier in the show. He's a former advisor to Trump. He was a bigwig over at Breitbart before that. He is against Trump being in these debates and he describes the people he'd be debating as Keebler elves. Steve, do you think Donald Trump should participate in these debates? Absolutely not. Not even, not even. Why, why should he participate? This is not a primary. Every poll's day, none of the polls out today is up 37, 40%. Why, why should he give the Keebler elves? Why should he give the Keebler elves any air? He shouldn't. It's ridiculous. I just don't see any need for a debate. The DNC the other day said, Bobby Kennedy's at 17% and, 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 and before he announces, and he's driving a real message in that campaign. Biden, 70% of, of, of Americans don't want him to run again. Very high among Democrats. The DNC comes out and says, we are not having any debates. Full stop, end of story. You know why? Because the DNC and Democrats play smash mouth. And the Republicans are all, you know, wandering around to the tune of the donors. Screw the donors. President Trump, my strongest recommendation, President Trump, he should never, the only person you get on a debate stage with is the Democratic nominee. But it, it shouldn't be about the donors. You should want to get on a debate stage because you want to be held accountable to the American people. You want to tell people, I'm so excited about my ideas that 
I will tell you in California. I will tell you in Milwaukee. I will tell you in Iowa. I will tell you in Utah. I will tell you anywhere someone will give me a forum. I will stand up. And it's incredibly insulting to the people who are also running for president. They're, they have to call them Keebler elves. Well, okay. I guess if that makes you feel better. But those people have the right to stand on a stage, too. They've qualified. They're a part of how your party conducts its nominating process. And to be completely dismissive of those people and their ability to share ideas, because at the end of the day, even if they're not a threat to you and your campaign, maybe they'll say something up there that you'll go, you know what? That person's right. You know what? Vivek Ramaswamy has some pretty good ideas on stuff. And when I hear him espouse them on a debate stage, I need to incorporate that into my campaign when I'm the nominee. Same thing for Tim Scott or whoever. It is just really disturbing that these people in the Trump orbit don't believe they should be held accountable to the voters. And ultimately, people will, will make that choice. But well, look, we've seen it before. We've seen where people duck and dodge the voters and get rewarded. Look at here in Indiana. Diego Morales straight up refused to debate. He did not show. And we in this state said, that's fine. So once again, just like with everything else, it's always the same answer. Ultimately, it comes down to us. What do we deserve from the people who want to represent us? And how much are we going to stand up for ourselves to ensure that we get it? If you roll over and play dead, politicians will have no problem treating you like crap. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Russell Brand, it's an actor, former super lib. He has become more and more conservative and liberty and freedom by the day. He had an epic roast on the mainstream media. We'll talk about it coming up next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Kev's here. So Russell Brand is on fire. He has, he is like uh, in the Blues Brothers when James Brown is shouting out, do you see the light to John Belushi? And he says, I do. I see the light. Uh, Russell Brand former you know he's a hollywood actor been in all sorts of big movies shows etc british guy he um he was a super liberal for a very long time like hardcore left and then during covid and i think it was the lockdowns the mandates the destruction of society he really made a turn and for over the past couple of years has been on his podcast talking at length about very common sense things related to individual liberty and freedom. And I'm not going to call him a conservative. I, you know, I don't know. And who knows if this will stay the course and he will, he will, this will become the new norm for him. But we do play him from time to time because he makes a lot of sense on a lot of topics, which is, I never thought, Kev, if you just said 10 years ago, Rob, you will be on a very highly rated radio show in Indianapolis saying Russell Brand makes a lot of sense that I would be saying that, but here we are. And in this case, 
Russell Brand was talking about the mainstream national media and how they do their jobs, and it is totally on point. It also shows that the media is obsessed with itself. It's in a sort of narcissistic spiral, reporting on its own perspectives, its own heroes and its own villains. What is the mainstream media supposed to be for? Just for a moment, remind yourself that it's actually about giving you information about important stuff, like how the government are governing, about how corporations are behaving, the information that you need to live your life efficiently and effectively, so you're informed politically. It doesn't do that. You know it doesn't do that. You know that the mainstream media is owned by certain corporate interests. You know that it gets all of its revenue from like the pharmaceutical industry. You know that they're tied up with the military industrial complex. And you know that they support the state with only partisan distinctions between this party or that party defining their output. They do not serve in your awakening. They do not serve your empowerment. It's 100% right. And we know this And yet, despite the fact that we know this, we still allow ourselves to be manipulated by the media. You know, I mean, we play this stuff for you all the time of these clips of supposed, you know, journalists or people in search of the truth or whatever. And they're just blatant bias coming out in their reporting, in their questioning, squashing reports, not putting information out there. Look, you could say, well, what do you do every day? The difference is when you come here, you know what you're getting. You're getting an opinion. I have been honest from the day I started here six and a half years ago. My goal is to manipulate you to think the way I think. Manipulation is a strong word, and we use that jokingly. But our goal here, and we said three, three, three things, to entertain you, number one, to educate you, number two, And if I do that well, if we do that well when Casey's here, if we entertain you and we educate you, ultimately, the majority of the time, you will end up thinking on things the way that we do. We're honest about that, though. You're getting opinions when we come here. We want you to think we're talking about things that are of interest to us. We are coming at them with an opinion and an agenda. So you know that, and you can choose when you are hearing us talk about whether you want to take it as the whole truth and nothing but the truth, which it is, but we always encourage you to do your own research. Don't just take our word for it on a topic, even though there's about a 99.9% chance that we're going to be absolutely right. Don't just take our word for it. Do your own research. Get your own information. Get your own facts. But so many people, despite knowing what Russell Brand said there, that you are being manipulated, that you are being used and abused and you are getting partial stories or only the side of the story the media wants or the story relayed to you in a way that they can almost guarantee what your opinion will be coming out of it, You, in many cases, still accept that. Many people do. Maybe not you because you're smart. You're listening to this show. But many people do just accept it as truth. And then they go out into the world and they regurgitate that to other people. And if you challenge them on it, what do they say? Well, I heard CBS say. Well, I heard NBC say. Well, CNN said. What does that mean? It's like what people always talk about. You have to remove all political bias. 
Nobody is capable of removing all political bias because we are all human and we all have a political bias. That's why it's called bias. We are all inclined to think one way or another. But the good reporters, and this is why our news department is so great, that there is a clear separation here at WIBC from what the news does and what we do. The news is giving you the story. That's why they win award after award after award on this radio station, because they don't let their bias, doesn't mean they don't have it, I guarantee every person in our newsroom has political leanings or thoughts, because every human has political leanings or thoughts. But the people in our newsroom, and this is why they win the awards, are very good about giving you the truth, giving you the information, and then you make up your own mind. Me? I tell you what I think you should think. I tell you what my opinion is on it. And unfortunately, at many of these mainstream national media networks, they are doing what I do, but they're pretending to be what our news department is. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, big old segment. Hammer's going to be here. And, well, the most beautiful man in Indianapolis media, Phil Sanchez, going to be here too. We're going to talk about the ruining of baseball. It's coming up next. Oh, it's time to talk baseball. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today, and... Well, boy, we've just got a real panel here. <laughs> the amount of good-looking dudes in this studio right now. Like, ladies, if you just put your ear up to the radio, you might get pregnant with this group in studio right now. <laughs> That's Jason Hammer joining us a segment early. And as you mentioned, he is the most beautiful man in all of Indianapolis media. Wish TV's own Phil Sanchez. Yes, How are you? Whoa. Thanks for having me on, guys. Where's Casey? Uh, she, uh, <laughs> she knew you were coming, so she was blushing. She uh. was sweating profusely. Uh, she said, I can't let him see me uh, without my Sunday best on. So you look like a million damn dollars and it's 10.30 a.m. Like, I'm convinced you wake up looking like this. Uh, a lot of, the older I get, the harder it is. But <laughs> He's like Tom Brady. <laughs> right. A lot of work. Um, I was going to bring in headshots. Where is the 8x10? I need an autographed 8x10. I told the promotions department who it was for, and they conveniently forgot to, <laughs> to leave it for me. I love that Phil, uh, the, we told Phil, hey, we want we want you to come on and talk about why you think ruining baseball is great. Mm -hmm. And you asked, you know, you were saying I, I cleared this, and the response from your bosses was, "Oh no, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah." I, a lot of convincing to get on this show. My my news director Al Carl, who hopefully is listening right now. I had it was like pulling teeth to get him to allow me to come on this show. Great moments in Al Carl Thanks, Al. history, by yeah. the way. I'll never forget this. This was amazing. So when the riots were happening, and you know, there's tear gas everywhere, and I don't know what happened to the Wish reporter, but something happened. Maybe got couldn't see or whatever. Yeah. So Al goes full Geraldo <laughs> and starts broadcasting live himself. It's such a power move. And Al won an Emmy for that, by the way. Yes. Al is a fantastic journalist. Okay, he's done every single job in TV news that you can think of. He's, and he's a, he's a great boss. What does he so. call Phil? The Sanchise? The Sanchise. <laughs> he's the face of the franchise at Wish TV. He's the Sanchise. All right. So the reason yes. we had you on today, you mm -hmm. are a respected journalist. You are the face of the station. And I love you. I mean, you're phenomenal at your job. Right. You're a great friend. There's but a big butt coming here in a second. You are uh, just 
totally out on left field on <laughs> this ruining of baseball. You think the pitch clock is great. You think making the bags as big as extra large pizza boxes is phenomenal. <laughs> why, why did? Why are you so in on baseball being ruined for people like me and Hammer? Because unlike people like you and Jason Hammer, I I love baseball and I care and I am not selfish like you two <laughs> and I care about the longevity of the game. Here's the deal. They already have guys like us. You know, we're in our 40s or, or older. Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry. You're not, are you not in your <laughs> oh, 40s yet? No. no way. He just looks like he is. <laughs> well, Almost, anyways. There's been some yet. hard we're, living we're, on the representative of Brownsburg over here. <laughs> well, carrying an entire, t- t- entire town on your back for a generation will do that to you. Either way, okay, we're, we're, we're hardcore baseball fans. They don't need us. We're going to watch no matter what. They need the younger generation, okay? And then I'm also, here's the deal. You guys, you guys are all about feelings. I'm about facts in my world, okay? Oh, okay. Right? Walter so, Cronkite so let's, over here. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and break it down. Since they've implemented these rules, yes. viewership is up, runs, offense is up, stolen bases are up. How do you not like that? I, I, I don't, I can't wrap my brain around not liking the fact that it doesn't take three and a half hours to watch a game anymore and spend your entire day and you get more offense, you get more stolen bases. And guess what? Viewership and younger people are actually going to like the game. So first of all, the guy that claims he loves baseball just said it was a chore to watch baseball to begin with. (laughs) Three hours for a baseball game. Look, there are some people that clearly hate America. There are some people that love America. I happen to love America. And according to you, Phil, the situation that took place with Cody Bellinger is just fine. So Cody Bellinger's with the Cubs now. Had a great run with the Dodgers. Was the MVP, won a World Series, goes back to L.A. Before he digs in, he gets a standing ovation. So he stands back. He does the thing, you know, kind of waves, tips his hat. The umpire calls a strike on Cody Bellinger because he wasn't in the box in time. Right. So what do you think the paying customer in that stadium would rather see? Their former MVP getting his props or him getting a strike saying, let's get this damn thing on the road? I'm not saying it doesn't need to be worked out a little bit better because I agree. That was kind of a a, a stupid move on the umpire's part. But I I do think that this is... Remember, I wasn't alive yet, but when they initially put the DH in in the 70s, the American League, people hated it. Now they love it. This is starting to sound like that planning commission at Brownsburg uh, (laughs) meeting I went to the other night, in which the school gets up there and goes, this is the greatest thing ever. And then one question later, well, okay, there's probably some flaws with it that we need to get to the bottom of. There was a player for the Oakland A's that had injured his thumb, and he stepped out of the box, and he's trying to pop it back into place. He's shaking it. The clock continues to run, and he gets called for a strike. That's okay with you, Phil? You know what my answer is? Don't injure your thumb. Get back in the box, okay? Here's the deal. You don't have to like the rules, but you have to play by them, okay? And yeah, but the rules stink so, that you're, so you're playing te- by. You're telling me that you would rather watch a pitcher or a guy like, remember, Nomar garcia Para gets out of the box every single time, fixes everything. He's sitting yes! here, it's, it's stupid routine. It takes 50 seconds. Or yes! a pitcher walking around the mound, looking yes! up into the stands. Yes! You would rather watch that? Yes! You think that's good for the game? Game 7 of the 2016 World Series had a rain delay. 
and it ended after one o'clock. And I don't think I remember any Cub fans going, boy, that sure took a long time. Boy, that game would have been a lot of fun to celebrate, but I just don't know if I could watch four hours of baseball. There are 162 games a year, though, fellas, okay? And I'm sorry, but I don't have three and a half hours anymore to spend watching. No, because I have two kids and I have a life. (laughs) I don't. My kids are older than yours, Phil. My kids are older. I've got all kinds of different side jobs. I'm doing TV on your station, radio here every single day. I'm DJing weddings. I'm going out in the community. You, all you have to do is an eyebrow waxing appointment, and you're sitting here acting like you're the busiest guy in the world. I don't no, wax anymore, no. okay? I thread. I do threading, okay? So I'm not again, Drew Blair. I'm not going to can... put up with your crap. <laughs> Okay, says the guy who comes walking in through the lobby. By the way, can you guys make it a little bit easier to get into this building? It's easier to get into the White House. I tried to get in through the garage. People want to kill us, Phil. That's what I told him. People hate Rob. (laughs) He dumped me out in the trash cans behind the building. I had to walk around all the way on Monument Circle to get in from the front of the building. The guy had no idea who I was downstairs, by the way. You're from New York. You've gone back alleys into buildings before. Stop it. I have. It's why I live in Indianapolis. Uh, Phil, Phil Sanchez. Uh, from Wish TV, our guest hammers here. We're talking about the destruction of baseball, the destruction of Americana. <laughs> Phil in full support of that. Uh, so you didn't enjoy, like Hammer and I have maintained, person who goes to baseball game yeah. knows what they're in for. It's like me watching the Masters. I know the round of golf that I am watching is going to take four and a half hours. It's the charm of being there and you're taking away the charm of, when I was a kid, I used to rush home. Uh, my dad would tape the Cubs on the VHS tape on WGN. We would have to keep the TV off until 5 o'clock with a stern warning. You will be assassinated if you <laughs> learn the ending of this game. And then we would watch it. And it was something we did together every single night. And it didn't matter that it took three hours. Okay, that was the 80s. This is 2023. 80s, 90s, right? I yeah. would imagine, right? So, yeah. So, things change. People have more options. They have the phone. They have no attention span. We've all done this to our kids kids, so we have to give them a reason Phil's to like this game. Phil's bad parenting is my fault now. Hey, let, according to the logic of Phil, next year's NBA Finals are going to be rock and jock style from MTV back in the late 1990s. You find what those changes to? Because I the kids want it, Phil? I the kids are dumb. They don't know you anything. You guys would rather live in the 1930s. Yes, I it was a better that. time. Yes. Okay, okay, I totally get that. But it the was rest a better of the time, world, Phil. the majority of the rest of the world does not agree. So therefore, because I love baseball so much, I want it to continue to to grow. There was a time when we were younger that baseball was the number one sport in America. Yeah. It's not anymore. It's NFL. And maybe I would say, I would argue that in a couple of years, NBA is going to take over that second spot. Look, I'm not saying we should call DCS because I'm sure Phil's a fine father, but I'm not saying we should rule this out because he's indoctrinating. His kid was a great baseball player. Yes. Your kid is, a, he is never going to know. Well, he's got a lot to work on. What, 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 <laughs> I love that Phil's entire Twitter now is just his kid playing baseball <laughs> and he's critiquing him. I'm on the tweets now. Right. Uh, you got a little under that uh, yeah. that that, uh, that hit there. He's eight. What is he? Is he eight? He is just it? turned nine. He's, He's playing coach pitch right up. now. And the coach is Phil. Phil is lighting him up. Phil's the guy. What was the movie? Was it Major League where the guy threw at his kid in the father-son game? Clue Haywood was over at a first base. And the Duke once threw at a son in the father-son game. That's right. I well, nailed Shay the other day, by the way. Intentionally? Practice. Well, he's, yeah. He was he was on top of the, the plate. Dude, I every went dad that does coach pitch, you'll hit a few kids. Yeah. I used to dot kids all the it's time. It's the worst. For, for real? 
Yes. Like you hit a kid? Accidentally. I oh, didn't okay. Mean, I didn't but I wasn't going head running. Right. But you hit a kid and... Sometimes they don't move. They just kind of stand well, there. So when I was a kid, my dad used to do that. Because, you know, you got to... The, the danger with kids is they'll turn into the ball instead of away from the ball. Right. My dad would throw at me, but he would take a tennis ball. So I wouldn't see it until it was in the air to do that. You, you're, you're saying you threw legit baseballs? Yeah, yeah. Now, you're not cocking it back like Dolan Ryan and bringing no. the heat to him. Honestly, you're trying to hit the bat at this point for some of these kids. Yeah. But, yeah, every once in a while, one gets away from you and you hit a kid. You feel bad, but, you know, teaches them a little toughness along the way. <laughs> I'll be the dad the kid probably doesn't have. <laughs> I had a kid that went down like a ton. I went down like a Thank ton of you, bricks. Rob. I had a kid that went down like a ton of bricks, and I felt awful. Oh, it was man. a couple of years ago. It was it was terrible, and he just he just stood there. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, move out of the way. Here here's my other question. So your kid is mm. playing competitive baseball at like seven, right? When I was seven, yeah. kids were sitting in the grass, eating the grass, picking their nose, sure. making sandcastles in the dirt. Are we worried that we're getting a little young with the competitive baseball? I would, I, I probably agree with that. Even though I'm all in on it, I think that it's a little too much sometimes. You know, it's it's a little too. It's uh, you have to be really dedicated to play this yeah. much. I mean, and I think maybe it is a little bit too much. But it's one of those things. And you're about to be a dad, so you're going to learn this. Yeah. You realize you're in. You get and Jason could speak to this as well. You, you start to wonder, am I not doing enough because all of these other kids are doing? So you yeah. fall into that trap, and it's it is. It's almost like a business, and they know they have you as a parent. And then if you if you don't have your kid in that environment or that space. You wonder, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. So, and I go back and forth, and my wife have these, we have these conversations all the time. And your wife is a saint, and I have no idea why she chose you, but I don't you either. are the luckiest man alive. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> and if she's listening, she she's probably loving you and uh, thinking about how she's going to stab me when I get home for something that I didn't do after leaving the house this morning. So, um, so there is that. No, she, and she's great. She's, Jennifer, love, love, her, to, love her to death. She's, she's a, a Hoosier, which yeah. is, you know what I mean I came out here for the job met her and, and been out here ever since good somebody um, needs to love America in that family and I'm glad <laughs> that it's Jennifer <laughs> Phil Sanchez I'm so glad they finally let you come over because I've been asking no. you for years and Phil's like yeah we should do that sometime and then just nothing so tell Al <laughs> thanks he, he treated you like a music DJ when they get a request yeah I'll try to get that on for you <laughs> I said Phil, we'll be great together. It'll be great. I'd love to have you on the show. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do oh, that yeah, someday. We'll do Maybe I'll see you there. Uh. <laughs> hey, thank you, man. You're the best. When when can people find you? When can they yep. see you? Five, six, ten, and eleven o'clock. Also, uh, the All Indiana Politics Show on uh, Sunday mornings at nine thirty. Phil Sanchez, mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure. I Thanks need an me. autographed eight by ten. I'll talk to the per- the Sanchez. The and for people who don't know what we're talking about, you gave away your Christmas present this year to your coworkers was an autographed photo of yourself. That was last year. This year, I gave my wife the big one, the really big one That's off right. the wall. Kevin, did so. you get that on tape? Did you get that on tape? Because yeah. that feels like Is a, that a promo drop? material right I there. It. I got it. All right. Uh, Phil Sanchez, Jason Thanks, Amber. Thanks, guys. Scandal Casey Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Round Casey's show, Rob. Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Hammer's back. Hello. 
So an update on the conversation we just had with Phil Sanchez in regards to the new baseball rules. Uh, my esteemed colleague in the afternoon, Big Nige, sends us a message via text, quote, I love the pitch clock. You guys can suck it. <laughs> Thank you, Big Nige. My new favorite thing with Nige is you will give him betting advice in our group text thread, and he will not take it, and then there will be anger when your bet hits. (laughs) Dang! I should have taken your advice. (laughs) The anger bets from Nige are the best, because you know they're fueled and they're sponsored by booze. (laughs) Brought to you by too much liquor. Um, all right, so let's talk about something a little more serious. That was a great segment, by the way, with Phil, and he's just an awesome guy. I love him. One of the good guys. Yeah, he's truly a great broadcaster, great journalist, does everything the way it should be. You have no idea what the guy's opinion is when he does his job, um, and he's just an awesome dude. So check out the Sanchez uh, weeknights on Wish TV. Uh, something a little more serious, though, there continues to be apparently an ongoing investigation in Brownsburg from the police department in regards to the alleged behavior uh, from multiple staff members that got two teachers fired and three more under investigation to be fired. And we kind of got an update on that. I had a little birdie. Uh, Now, hold on. Before we get into your birdies, let's reset this because some folks may be listening for the first time. When you did your off the rails segment on our program a couple weeks ago, and you laid all this out there, so nothing I'm saying is for the first time here. You had been told, yep. now you were not there, but a very reliable source that you trust said that there was a severely special needs kid who was not really verbal, wasn't able to communicate, and I don't know what happened, but he would always throw up in the lunchroom. Well, one day, staff members, multiple staff members, allegedly made him eat his own vomit. There is allegedly video of said incident. And that was confirmed by the police department that there is video of the incident, according to Indy Star. They told Indy Star there is a video of the incident. And this has been a week ago now. And you're not dealing with... It's bad enough when you're dealing with the crimes against adults or alleged crimes against adults, you know, or, or, or allegations of things like this against adults. But when it's kids... People get really concerned because their kids are in those schools. And there was a really quick investigation. Well, I say investigation in air quotes. People have lost their jobs already because of this, right? right. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been announced they'll be fired. I think they have to take formal action at the May school board meeting. You got other people under investigation. And then there's just been radio silence, essentially from the police department and the school corporation. And I had someone who made a public records request to the police department, basically saying, hey, look. People have kids in school. They want to know what's going on. Are there other people involved in this? Are my kids still subjected to to some of these same people? What is going on? And this response that they got from the police department, which I believe was from the police department attorney, it wasn't even from the police themselves, was basically kick rocks, here's the codes, we're not giving you anything. And it's like, again, what are we doing what are we doing here? Somebody sends you a request saying, 
I want to know what's going on. Is the investigation complete? Is it ongoing? Have charges been filed? And you get this legal mumbo jumbo from this attorney, which is basically covering his his ass, their ass, ahead of saying in English, here's what's going on. Here's where we're at. You know, rest assured, whatever. It's just, go cite this code, look at this code. No, you tell me what it says. What you notice in situations like this, and it's really been brought to my attention in the last year or so, there are a lot of bad PR people in the state of Indiana because they're going straight by the PR playbook. Well, if you stretch out the story, if you don't give the people information, they'll forget about it and it'll fall out of the news cycle. Let me read you part of this from this response. And you tell me if it's a, a, allegations of serious things against children and you've got kids in school, this is what you want to get from an, I believe it's an attorney from the police department. The, and it's not whether legally this is what you can get away with. It's what should you give, you know, do. The aforementioned statutory provisions can be exercised at the discretion of the agency concerning other confidential personal information. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, records of an ongoing investigation or investigatory records of Indiana code. Legal I mean, it's just stuff. Like, like, uh, it's, it's so long, it's hard to even read, but it's like, just speak English. Why can't you just say, look, hey, we're still investigating this. We do not believe anybody's at risk. We believe the people who are alleged to have done the accounts are no longer in the school. You know, just English that regular people can understand. Be transparent. People will respect you if you're transparent. They might not like what's going on, but if they start to feel like that you're lying to them or you're trying to string them out, then that creates such a bigger problem. I mean, again, if you've got kids in school and you get the aforementioned statutory provisions can be exercised at the discretion of the agency concerning records of an ongoing investigation or investigatory records. What the hell is that? You're a police department. You're supposed to be protecting people. Speak English and give this community what it deserves. The information about what's going on. The school and the police department in Brownsburg, we're not forgetting this story. Just so you know that right now. It's gross. Hey, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, biggest stories of the day. Tony Kennett will join us and we'll have a lot of fun. Stick around. More on the way. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.